Once you reach a certain point in your career, it's great to be able to sit back and reflect upon what you've accomplished. It's gratifying to see in hindsight how far you've come, and from this vantage point, you can also look forward to what you have yet to achieve in the future. At the age of 29, professional climber Chris Sharma is in a good position to see the route his life has taken so far, and to start making plans to forge a new line, a course of travel into the years that lie ahead. For the last 10 years, I've been traveling around the world, visiting the most amazing places for climbing. I feel really fortunate to have this life. I get to do what I love to do. I'm looking for new hard climbs that no one has ever even thought possible. Known as one of the strongest sport climbers in the world today, Chris Sharma continues to set the curve for aspiring and professional rock monkeys alike. Appearing in several feature films, he first came to my attention back in 2007 during a pre-release screening of the movie King Lines. In this production from Cinder Films, Sharma introduced audiences to the emerging discipline of deep water bouldering, where climbers scale incredibly hard routes on rock faces high above ocean pools. In King Lines, he works a particularly difficult problem whose crux is a 7-foot dino to be stuck or risk a 60-foot fall to the sea below. You know, climbing is a very creative, artistic thing as well as being an athletic sport. It's about finding beautiful things in nature and interacting with them. Combining athleticism and a profound appreciation for the natural world, Chris Sharma is a climber of both strength and grace that defines the lifestyle and passion of a man comfortable in the profession he loves. I'm James Mills, and you're listening to The Joy Trip Project. having this conversation with the universe and it said don't be defined by what you aren't yeah that's the easy way out you gotta laugh you gotta love you gotta help you gotta lift up you gotta travel in a straight line from your heart to your mind Yeah, that's the easy way out You started your career as a climber in Santa Cruz. Yes. What kind of climbing were you doing then that's a little different than perhaps what you're doing now? Well, I started in a climbing gym in Pacific Edge Climbing Gym in Santa Cruz when I was 12, so like uh, 16 years ago. I don't know, I guess that's the main difference. That I was climbing in a climbing gym back then, and now I almost never climb in a gym. I climb on outdoors all the time. But, uh, you know, more or less, it's kind of the same. You know, I'm still focusing on bouldering and sport climbing mostly, and I guess the biggest difference for me is just I just more have more experience to draw from, and I'm you know, just kind of more like hands-on developing new routes. 
Well, I think it's fascinating because I think a lot of people these days are learning to climb in climbing gyms. I mean, 20 years ago, there weren't that many of them. Now that's where a lot of people are starting their careers. How do you go from climbing in a climbing gym to ultimately climbing all over the world? Well, you know, in my situation, I started doing competitions on the weekends. You know, my dad and my mom would take me climbing, different climbing areas, you know. So just bit by bit, I started getting more opportunities through sponsors and traveling to competitions. And yeah, I had a lot of encouragement from my family and the local community. Now, was that a pretty slow process or was there a breakthrough moment where you went from relative obscurity to a little bit of fame that got you more notoriety? Pretty much I've been a professional climber since I was 14 years old. So I, I guess it happened pretty quickly for me, you know. It's really fortunate, you know, to, to be in the right place at the right time and I guess have, you know, strong fingers, you know, and just to have the good fortune to find what I love. And when did you start climbing in Europe? Your favorite place apparently now is Spain, specifically Mallorca. When did you start going overseas for climbing? Well, I started climbing overseas. First time was when I was 14. and But really when I was like 16, I started going over there. And I spent a lot of time traveling around the world. And Europe was a place I spent a lot of time at. But when I started spending a lot of time in Spain was when I started going to Mallorca in, uh, I guess, about seven years ago and just kind of you know really felt good there the style of climbing and just the the people the culture the the weather over time the more time you spend in a place the more comfortable you feel and it's just you know bit by bit start feeling more and more like home you know and at this point it's like uh, that that feeling of feeling at home somewhere is not easy to not an easy feeling to to cultivate so it's like now that I, i have that in Spain, I feel like really uh, want to stay there, you know. And one of the things that I think is interesting is that you started a style of climbing that you call deep water soloing. Yeah. And that was really prominently featured in the movie King Line. Yeah. How did you get into that? Basically, I saw some videos of like Clem Loscott from Austria. He was doing a lot of deep water soloing. And I just saw that and it was just like, wow, that's, that's it. That's the coolest thing I've ever seen. And for me, coming from Santa Cruz, growing up by the ocean, just like made total sense, you know, to have that interaction with the rock and the ocean at the same time. You know, it's really also taking bouldering and sport climbing and mixing them together. It's really like kind of a mindset of bouldering. You're climbing with with no rope, but at the same time you're climbing, you know, 60-foot cliffs. So it's really more like sport climbing and the length of the routes that you're climbing. So... When I started going there, I really felt like I found what I was looking for, you know, what I needed to to really, uh, yeah, take it to another level for myself. It's kind of unforgiving. <laughs> I mean, you climb up 60 feet, and then when you take a fall, you fall into the ocean. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. It's a little bit extreme. It really is like all the styles of climbing wrapped into one, you know. It's got a lot of adventure, almost like trad climbing in, in that sense that you're climbing ground up a lot. And, you don't want to fall, but, you know, falling is a big part of it. So so now tell me about the route in particular that you worked so hard on in the movie King Line. And that route, again, is called Espotas. Tell me about that particular route. So that's an amazing arch off the coast of Mallorca. It's, it's this island that's just out there. and It's just uh, an amazing line. I found it when I was 24. And... And did it. I started working on it. It took me like a year and a half to finally send it. And 
I kind of got to this point where I was like really decided that I was really psyched on deep water solo into like not just as like a fun vacation form of climbing but like taking that and making that like really like a you know bringing the high end difficulty of sport climbing and bouldering and mixing that with you know climbing over the water and um, Espontas was the perfect route for that because you know it was something that was right at my limit it has this amazing dyno right in the middle has some really hard bouldering and just kind of like the perfection you know it's the, it's a beautiful formation it has amazing movement really good fortune that the water's deep right there because that's a, a, a big issue tell me about that dyno because that's huge is it fair to say that that's a crux of the, of the entire move uh well the route yeah like that's the hardest individual move but then later on there's some hard moves as well but that move in particular is really hard and really intimidating because you're high up you really have to go for it 100 percent you can go for it and miss and like spin off in weird positions and you know i fell on my back a couple of times from that spot about 30 feet up and you can mess yourself up a little bit and it's just like really spectacular and it was amazing to find a route that was so perfect you know with a move like that right in the middle of it now with that particular move you're in a fully committed dyno how many times did you have to do that in order to dial it in well enough so you can send the entire route i think i did the move actually like five or six times yeah but the thing is with deep water soloing is that it's really hard to work it on a rope because there's no bolts there's no protection so every time i would fall i would have to start at the bottom again so it makes it complicated you have to you know you can never really work it super well you know you're always a little bit tired and every time you fall you have to go and change your clothes change your chalk bag your shoes and it's just a it's a process you know but it it, it it's, takes time and energy but it's really rewarding in that way that's like this uh adventure you know absolutely yeah. one of your best climbing partners is miguel and his last name again is riera riera now miguel was it seemed from the film pretty instrumental in helping you make this climb possible what was your relationship like with him to make that climb work he's basically started deep water solo in mallorca 30 years ago when no one in the world really took that you know seriously at all as a type of climbing and he uh just kind of a good friend of mine from Mallorca. He taught me how to speak Spanish. He showed me around the island and, and showed me this arch because I was telling him that I was really, you know, wanted to find a, something really difficult, something really beautiful, and he took me to this arch. You know, on my many trips there, we just, you know, became close friends, and uh, that's the cool thing about climbing, you know, the trip, your journey along the way and the people you meet, and yeah, that's a big part of the experience, you know. And it's home now. I mean, Spain is where you have built a house, and, that, and that's where you are living now. What is it about that particular part of the world that makes it a place that you want to call home? You know, sometimes you don't even know. It's like you just end up in certain places, and it feels, feels good. It feels right. Everything aligns perfectly, and it just feels like the right place to be. Definitely, it started out being in Mallorca, and you're just meeting a lot of really cool people, different climbers like Danny Andrada and... Uh, other local climbers from mainland Spain, and uh, obviously meeting my girlfriend, Dailo Ojeda. And just, you know, the more time I spend over there, the more comfortable you feel. You um, have a, a new route that you've just finished, and you've named it after your house called Era Vera. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that route, and, and, and why did you decide to name it after your home? Uh, well, right when we moved into this, to our house, and started working on it, I also bolted this route at the same time. 
And so in Spain, like all the farmhouses have names. And the name of this house was Eravella. So I just uh, had just bolted this route too. I was just, sometimes it's hard to find a good name. You know, this just seemed like, I was like, oh, I'm going to call it Eravella. You know, so. so it worked out perfectly. And it's just a really nice route. It's an amazing wall in Margalef, this sector I climb at a lot. And it's basically uh, the first route I bolted on the wall. There's no other routes on the wall. It's just like a 40 degree overhanging football field. You know, it's just huge proportions, just big, open, expansive, and um, just uh, really good climbing. So that's what I look for, you know, is finding these spectacular lines in you know, beautiful places and, and just like uh, developing new routes. You know, for me, that's a big process of it finding new routes and really like putting your sweat and energy into something to make it something beautiful it really makes the whole process more rewarding you know in the same way like with my house it's like working on your place and you know putting energy into it it becomes become really becomes your own you make it your own you know and you know you can look at little details and remember when you did that you know and it's the same thing it's like climbing a route that that you bolted it's like you've put so much energy and work into it that when you finally climb it it's just like this really complete process like when you plant your garden you know and you know the vegetables that you grow in your garden taste so much better than the vegetables that you buy in, in Safeway or something because it's like you know you planted the seed and you took care of them until the point where you could finally eat them and it's just like it's a really personal connection you have with the vegetables or with that root that you bolted or with whatever you're doing it's like to take a, a hands-on approach to like make things happen you know and and it's cre a creative process and it takes vision and that just makes it just more meaningful all around i think so um what are you looking for now um just you know constantly looking for the next hardest routes you know hardest and and best climbs over in spain it's a really good situation for me because instead of always traveling in the past and always having my project in a different place in the world now i have all my projects basically around where i live and i can uh, you know work on them at my own leisure and you know develop new areas and so I'm, that's kind of where i'm at right now just trying to like bring all my energy into one place you know center myself and, and focus in in one area I think that's important for having hard projects and just getting things done and for doing what I want to do you know I, I spent a lot of time traveling and now I feel like there's a lot for me to to learn and to gain from being in one place and developing you know a different side of myself you gotta help you gotta lift up you gotta travel in a straight line from your heart to your mind Music this week by Chad Varan and new contributing artist Eric Link. This conversation with Chris Sharma took place in Fayetteville, West Virginia during the 2010 New River Rendezvous. Special thanks to sponsors Trango, Prana, Sterling Rope, Chaco, Evolve, and Osprey for underwriting travel and production expenses that made this podcast possible. And of course, thanks to our continuing sponsor, Patagonia. Find links to all their websites on our website at joytripproject.com. Thanks for listening. But you know, we want to hear from you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word by posting a link to it on your Facebook page or send it out as a tweet to your followers on Twitter. Post your comments to the Joy Cheer Project blog or send us an email at info at 
Share your stories. Share your passion for outdoor recreation, environmental conservation, acts of charitable giving, and practices of sustainable living. And you just might inspire our next joy trip together. But most of all, don't forget to tell your friends. For the Joy Trip Project, this is James Mills. You got a life, you got a love. You got to help, you got to lift up. You got to travel in a straight line. From your heart to your mind.